I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I would like to know your desert island skincare products. I need to lie down and think about this. <laughs> Caroline Hirons has been named the queen of skincare. Her back to basics approach has sent her millions of fans across the world. The next day your skin looks like you've had a head full of Botox. The earlier you start, the less you need as you get older. What would you recommend for someone who's currently having acne issues? If someone is having further problems with their skin, where would you recommend that people start building their routine? So what would you recommend for someone who's struggling then with acne scarring? What would be the biggest piece of advice you'd give to anyone about getting their skincare right? Where do I start? Oh, you guys are in for an absolute treat today. I cannot tell you what you have in store. If you fall under any of the following categories, are someone who uses skincare, are someone who wants to use skincare, are someone who has skin, you are going to love this episode. I have been such a big fan of Caroline for so long because I really, 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 really respect people who pursue their interests in an industry, obviously before it was exciting. I mean, that goes without saying, but also it's not always easy to predict where the industry is going to go. And I'm sure for some people that doesn't work out very well. For people like her that have stuck to their guns and stuck to their expertise and created incredible personal brands and value add content purely based on the fact that they've not compromised their authenticity. I think she is one of the best influencers out there. And and I think that that is no mean feat. So I really wanted to get her on to not only talk about her career and kind of how she got to where she is now, but to give us all a how-to in skincare 101, what we should be using, what we shouldn't be using, what we should be using for acne, what we should be using for eczema, when we should be going to a dermatologist, when we should be going to a facialist, myth busting, all of the things we didn't know but should know, how to look out for good products, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She answers it all in this episode. This was so educational for me and I think I would have had to pay thousands for that consultation and I got it free all because of you. So thank you so much and also you're welcome for having this consultation. I hope you really enjoy this episode. I think you'll really enjoy it. Let me know what you think in the comments if you are on a platform that can leave comments and if not, please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, like, again, whatever is relevant on your platform. It helps us to have amazing guests like this and as you can clearly see, I am very passionate about 360 life improvement by just listening to really interesting people and knowing things that we need to know no matter what topic they might be about. So today is skincare. Grab a cup of tea, settle down, get your headphones on and go for a hot girl walk because this is full of the skincare tea. 
Once described as the most powerful woman in beauty, Caroline Hirons is the founder, presenter, best-selling author, and all-around figurehead within the skincare industry. With a career spanning 35 years in retail, 26 years in skincare, and as a fully trained esthetician, Caroline gives expert advice to the masses, lending her honest truth behind all products we are using and the big do's and don'ts of what we should and shouldn't be putting on our faces. Since starting her online career well over 10 years ago, she has built a community of over 950,000 very, very engaged followers, becoming a well-loved, trusted, and highly regarded thought leader within the space, with her articles having been viewed over 89 million times. In 2019, Caroline also became the resident skincare presenter on This Morning. In 2020, Caroline published her debut book, Skincare, which became an instant Sunday Times bestseller and the best-selling skincare title of all time. Nicknamed the Bible of Skincare, showing you where to start with skincare, how to build a routine, ingredients to look for and things to avoid, whatever your age, skin concerns or budget. In November 2022, Caroline released her own line of skincare, Skin Rocks, which is an accumulation of Caroline's 25 years in the beauty industry. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. For people who don't know your background, could you give a little whistle-stop tour of how you've got to where you are now? Yeah. Well, my first job was when I was 15 in retail. I started in beauty in 97. Mm -hmm. I needed a weekend job while my two eldest children were sort of, you know, young and they were at school during the week and things. And first day there, I fell in love with it and Mm. thought, this is really good and I love this and I've always loved dealing with people and interact and I didn't leave beauty after that and my mum and grandmother were both in the industry but in very different roles and never really left the sales floor particularly, didn't go into management. It was strange that we'd never spoken about me going into beauty. When I went for this job, my mum was like, oh, that'll be nice. It was just very, this sort of fits a need and I was working on the Aveda counter in Harvey Nichols and then I never, I haven't left beauty since. I just loved it. And then I worked my way up. I moved to Space NK, was store management, and then moved to uh, Shantikai, looked after them for five years. And then slowly from there, started consulting, started a blog. The blog took off. Sounds like it's a nutshell, but it's like 25 years worth. How did you first get into, I guess, the product side from being in a retail situation to, I guess, learning more about what was necessarily in the products and what made them good and why you would go for them? I think I'd got into the product side immediately because right. I was in skincare. Of course. And so, you've so got to sell it somehow. yeah, you want to know that what you're recommending to people works and keep on top of trends and newness and all that sort of stuff. So I was always into what was in the product that would make it work. In terms of sort of moving from shop floor to management, to sort of UK management, to Europe management. It kind of is a natural procession of things, but I never felt comfortable working in corporate. Mm. So I always steered away. I always worked for sort of smaller independent brands and steered away from big corporate. But what that gave me by chance, really, I mean, I wasn't planning it that way, is a much closer relationship with everything from the beginning of a product's life until it goes on the shelf and is sold. So I knew where to source things. I knew labs, I knew scientists, I knew packaging. I knew the best people to go to for every component. Mm. And if I'd stayed in corporate and just maybe just stayed as like a UK sales manager or something, it would have been much harder. Maybe maybe still would have been in this position, but it would have been a much harder journey for sure. Where did that, I guess, relatively sudden interest come from the point that you were doing a weekend job to want to learn all about this? And I'm really interested in knowing more and more and more. Well, natural inquisitiveness. Mm. I've, I've always wanted to do my best work no matter what I was doing. You know, if I'm a Saturday, Sunday girl or I'm working in my mum's shop when I'm 15, 
I'm going to make sure I'm doing a good job. So I think that's one aspect, generally being nosy, you know, wanting to keep learning. I always want to ask questions. I mean, the upshot of it is probably that I just never take what people will tell me at face value. Hmm. There's always that side of me that goes, right, so <laughs> I am that person, you know, I used to be that person in meetings, I would be, well, if we do that, why would you do that when you could, you know, the sort of inquisitiveness was there. Hmm. So in terms of going deeper into skincare and going back to, because I went back to college to become a qualified facialist and, you know, I knew I needed the piece of paper. I knew I needed a deeper education. I knew I didn't want to sort of stand on a counter and say, this will do X, Y, Z. If I didn't know that it did that, I didn't want to take everything at face value. It was a lot of questioning. So I think it was a, a natural progression, to be honest. And when you started the blog, what in particular was that kind of blogging about? I mean, the, the very first iteration of the blog was about the kids and funny sort of mum and kid stories. Then I realised literally after about two weeks that the kids wouldn't be happy with me sharing all of that, almost without their permission, if they were younger, as they grew up. And so I changed it to beauty. And because skincare was my speciality, it was again one of those things where if I'd have followed the trend, I may have got lost in the noise, but I didn't. Because back in the days of donkeys and carts of blogging, I mean, it was literally blogspot.co.uk, if you can imagine. Everyone was doing makeup, nails were massive, but I instinctively stuck with what I knew, which was skincare. And there really wasn't anyone else doing it. It was just serendipity, really. It was, you know, I was a little bit older than a lot of people who, who were blogging. I was qualified. I already worked in the industry. And I think that gave me a trust a sort of certain, you know, you're coming in at a higher trust level. Mm. And that's kind of what kick-started everything, really. But the most popular posts from day one were the how-tos or the cheat sheets. Okay. You know, like the very first post I put up was how to cleanse your face properly and how to do like a cleansing facial massage. SEO friendly as well. And it's still, I knew nothing about that. Yeah. Nothing. I still don't think like that. Mm. I just don't. It was obvious really quickly that people needed help and that a lot of people were intimidated going into stores and into counters. Mm -hmm. And also, I think because of working in places like Space and K, I had always had multi-brand training. Mm. So being trained in like 200 brands is certainly helpful. And not recommending everything from one brand was sort of different then. You know, it wasn't about, oh, you have to use everything from the same brand or you don't get the same benefits, which I immediately said, well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. You know, so things like that were immediately popular Having an opinion was popular. Mm. You know, now online life is so different that it's you're almost discouraged from having too strong of an opinion. Right. Whereas if I hadn't have had one, I wouldn't have had a career. There's a difference between being black and white and having nuance. Mm, you know, you course. can absolutely have nuance. And you certainly learn how to talk to people better. You know, I mean, I, I certainly, as much as I used the years and years of working with people in the retail world... Essentially, what I was doing was doing what I'd always done in store, but online. Mm. I just moved it online, mm. you know, in a similar way that like Jamie did, Jamie Genevieve and Sam and Nick Chapman, everyone who's ever been like a shop floor person, you can tell as well, because there's a certain level of grafting. You know, they're, they're the people who are always working. I love it. And I still, when I go in now to visit stores, I'm happy to stand there all day. You know, I just opened um, Space and K in Liverpool with a brand and I was stood there for like eight hours they were like, you need lunch. I'm like, ah, oh, fine, I'll get a sandwich later. Because mm. I just love talking to people. And I was selling other people's product in the store. Mm. I just went straight back to my default, which is, well, I use everything from every other brand. You know, I use everything. Mm. And so I 
I think in terms of having the opinion and not, it comes from a very, um, I think, particularly female problem of wanting to be liked. You know, I did a video once quite a few years ago now that was um, love the juice, shame about the packaging. Because mm. we've all used something where you're like, this packaging is shit. Yeah. But the product is amazing. Mm. And, you know, and that got pushed back from some of the brands. But then in the end, some big corporations changed their packaging. Mm. And I know that the, the impetus of that was me saying, the juice is great. Why are you trying to make it hard for me to apply? Right, exactly. You Which know. I think is such a lesson in kind of sticking to your guns. And as we said, like, also being able to consider nuance and consider other people's opinions and all of this. However, you are qualified to give your own opinion at all times. Like mm -hmm. whether it's the right thing to do or the right space to do it is a completely different matter. But it's so clear that you've built your brand, not just not just the physical brand of Skin Rocks, but your kind of personal brand as well, purely based off the fact like there's a reason why when I go into something like Space NK, like I've told you, when I don't know something... Mm -hmm yours is a resource that I use in order to be able to, because I know there's something that I'm going to look at and I'm going to, I'm the type of person who I definitely have that, whatever that disease is where you see something's more expensive and therefore think it's it more effective. <laughs> I, like I, honestly all the time. And I it, actually being able to kind of check it out and understand that, you know, someone like you is going to be able to give an honest opinion. It definitely must've been a difficult thing for you to do in the shorter term because I can imagine at the beginning when you're wanting to work with brands, at least to a certain extent, like it is a certain badge of honor within an industry. Yeah. How did you balance the desire to want to work with brands and want to, I guess, further your career in, in that way, whilst also wanting to make sure you were as honest as possible? To be honest, it wasn't that hard mm. because where I do have black and white is brands I would never work with or products I would never endorse, anything considered weight loss Mm. stretch marks mm -hmm. anything like that you know I'm like whatever yeah <laughs> so that's easy um in terms of working with brands I I genuinely didn't go after brand deals I was working and consulting for a long time before I said right actually I need to stop now and just do the blog because they started to cross-pollinate in a way that wasn't healthy so I would have consulting clients who would expect to be put on the blog and wanted to wanted to use my blog to compliment, but it's also a piss take. They wanted to mm. use the blog to announce their new product or to do a launch, but as part of my consulting gig. Right. Okay. And I had made it completely clear at the beginning, look, I'm happy to help you do whatever you want and grow your business. I want nothing else but the success of your business, but you have to understand that the blog is always separate. Yeah. And I love the opportunity it gives me to talk about your product and to maybe get a sneak peek, but you can't expect that. No, absolutely. It's, you know... And so eventually I was like, this is too much of a pain in the ass. Mm. And I'm big enough now to say, okay, I'm not going to consult. It's not always easy because obviously as well, I needed the money. We had mm. kids. Mm. You know, I had four kids to feed, house, clothe, you know. That's why I consulted and kept consulting for so long when I could have made a fortune switching to just doing the blog work and social media and sponsored posts. But number one, it's that ultimate bet on yourself. Mm which is like, oh, but if I don't have the retainer income from consulting, and I do love the consulting. I mean, I do it now for free, you know, for smaller brands. I'm like, can I just give you a little bit of advice? Yeah, and they're please. like, yes, please. And I'm like, okay, could you do that? And they're like, oh my God, it just became, I can make more money doing the other. Mm. And yeah, I can no, still absolutely. make money using good judgment. Yeah. You know, the money I've turned down is horrendous. <laughs> I don't know when the switch quite happened, but obviously it, it just happened that my word meant a lot in the skincare world. 
you know, the early signs were things like I had um, spoken about Clinique's Take the Day Off Cleansing Balm. And when I did that, it sold out worldwide. And Clinique were like at the borderline of discontinuing it because no one really knew how to use it, how to describe it. It wasn't, it's not a very Clinique product if you think about it. I mean, it's basically a greasy lardy balm. You know, it's not like you would say there's health benefits. It's mm. a, it's a traditional old makeup remover. Mm. I said to Clinique, look, I'm getting harassed by people. Where can we buy it? Give us the balm. Give us a balm. And they gave me an official statement. And I was like, oh, wow, Estee Lauder are talking to me like I'm important. Yeah, right. And even people who I, I had friends at that point who worked for Estee Lauder, the brand, the parent company, they were like, Clinique have given you a statement. And I was like, I know. And so from that point on, it was a bit like, oh, okay. But I think if I had come into it with, well, you're going to have to give me a statement and an arrogance, it would never have yeah. worked. It, you have to have the humility of, it would have been a very short-term game mm. if I had done that from the beginning. Because mm. also, there's nothing more unattractive, mm. you know, to as a viewer. Because mm. I'm like you, I, I watch a lot of people, I you know, I listen to a lot of pods. There's nothing more unattractive than the arrogance of, well, my word is, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it's a bit... Yeah. It's just not me, you yeah. know. And uh, the big thing is when people always say, which I'm sure you've had, you know, oh, you're, you're very opinionated. I'm like, no, I'm not. You have as many opinions as I do. I just voice them. Right. If it's a product that I don't like for personal reasons or a brand I don't like for personal reasons, then why would I bother? If it gives mm -hmm. other people joy and they find it works for them, knock yourselves out. I will talk about it if I think it's harmful, obviously, disingenuous, Pure marketing winds me up. I mean, mm. I was against clean and green mm. and everything that comes out of LA's bullshit from day one. And now we've gone full circle and it's kind of finally coming to fruition that everyone knows it's just nonsense. Mm. You know, if it's about the end consumer and their safety, their health, of course. their marketing, that you know, their, their money ultimately that they're being sold to, mm. then I will voice the opinion no matter who it pisses off. Mm. If it's just about my ego, I don't who cares no yeah. one cares if it's something that affects people wasting their money mm. that winds me up people being lied to people being told that certain things in beauty are unsafe that annoys me i'll always voice that but if it's just like well i don't really like this because it's then why bother yeah. because the other side of it is i know as much as i can build a brand i could also equally destroy one so i'm careful and i don't say that with arrogance i say it with a knowing awareness of mm. i try and go Easy. There's the old one where I don't go easy. Brad right. Pitt has no business making a skincare product. But, you know, equally, I know that that's not going to upset or offend anyone because right. if you love Brad Pitt and you've got money, you're going to want his product. Who cares what I think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you need it? Is it life-changing? No, of course it's not. When you look at those people who you feel like have that kind of quality where they're online, they can recommend something, it completely sells out and people value their opinion that highly. Mm. What do you think that is? Like, how do you think that's made, built... Trust, experience, never lying to people, never bullshitting, never trying to cover up. It's also accountability. Mm. You know, when I've made mistakes or when I've when we've had mistakes as a business or whatever, I'm the first person to go, right, that's on me, I'll sort it. You know, or, oh, God, I'm sorry, that's just me blurting. It's, I'm out of order. You know, not recently, but obviously in the earlier years. Because also things stay online forever and things come up and you're like, yeah, I was an absolute knob. Yeah, you know, so we're, we're cool now, we've spoken, da-da-da-da-da. Mm. It doesn't happen as much now because, you know, you... I'm older. I think in the early days, I was very susceptible to people tagging me in other people's drama. Only like in skin, really, in beauty, you know, mm. and me jumping in and going X, Y, Z, and this is this and this and this. And now I'm just like, oh, whatever, who has the time? I don't care. You know, if I get tagged in things like, for example, Gwyneth Paltrow saying she only really dabs SPF where the sun hits her face, and I'm like... That's dangerous, yeah. 
moron. <laughs> Please, yeah. more. But I back it up with, because some people will say, well, what do you know, Gwyneth Paltrow might don't. So I just got like 27 derms mm. to give me a statement and put it up on the blog. That's what I know. Mm. All of these people are telling you the exact opposite thing. Mm. They're all doctors. They cut cancer out of people for a living. Mm. Use your SPF, you know. Yeah. That kind of thing, I'm more than happy to say, don't do that. Mm. <laughs> if you yeah. do anything else, don't do that. Yeah. But general sort of getting involved in things and online, I'm just not, who cares? So I'm particular about when I jump in, but when I jump in, I generally jump in like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I want to fast forward to the decision to start a brand of your own love your brand um I use it as you know I've posted about it completely organically and as a paid customer because it is a favorite in my household in everyone there there are two of us but it's important opinions for us too I can imagine that when you were considering making a brand because you were trusted so much in opinions on other people's Mm -hmm. brands did you have a worry moment where you thought that people might think it would compromise your oh, yeah. integrity. Yeah, and, and that would be, of course they would. Why wouldn't they? It's completely understandable, you mm. know. I, I, the proof would have to be in the pudding. Equally, of all the brands I've worked with over the last sort of 15, 20 years, only one brand called me and said, how are you going to handle talking about our product if you also sell this product? Just one brand, which was really good because I think it showed that the brands trust me. And even the ones who didn't trust me, they knew that me talking about their brand still had a benefit, mm. you know. But it's, it's been good because I just said, look, I can only show you as we go forward that I will still endorse the industry as a whole, product as a whole. I love beauty. I love skincare. I love makeup, you know. And to this day, I haven't said, this is the only cleanser you ever need to use again of course. about my cleanser. Mm. Because I use 25 different cleansers, mm. you know. I love our cleanser, but I'm always going to use everyone else's product because I like to dabble. Yeah. I like to know what's out there. And equally, you know, I had, I've said to brands, you also need to trust me that if you tell me about some grand, groundbreaking science, I'm not going to release the same thing in the next year. Yeah. It's never been my bag. I'm mm. going to be like, I love this. Haven't they done brilliantly? Yeah. No, you know, absolutely. like the Curel Mist. Mm. I must have sold them out of that how many times worldwide. It would be easy fairly easy to go into a lab and knock it off mm. why would I do that mm. people would be like well she's just copied Purell mm. you have to have your integrity I've always known what I wanted to release and how I would do it I just I'm not the type of person that wants to sort of cannibalize other people's stuff I'd rather be collaborative mm. and I think that also comes from building up a brand online but that must have been hard to a certain extent as well even in terms of the fact that like you know, there will be other people who do similar consistency moisturizers or mm-hmm. cleansers. How have you managed to walk that line? Um, giving really intense briefs to scientists is mm-hmm. always a good, a good start. You know, I, you know, because when you go to make a product, most labs will say, okay, so can we have some examples of stuff that you love? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll say, well, yeah, I like these, but it can't be anything like these. Because they're my, so do with that because they're my friends. Right. And then they're like, oh, okay. But the, the scientists loved it. I mean, it took me like four or five attempts to get a lab. Mm. You know, we've got a couple of labs now, but to get labs that could give me a product that I wanted. I think ultimately grown-up brands and brands that are confident, which is most of them in fairness, they don't have that sort of, I have to keep everything into myself and hide everything like this. And they're going to know that if I'm going to release a cleanser, a moisturizer, an acid, a retinoid, an eye, whatever – there will always be similarities, but it's a different product. Of course. And I will still use other people's product and endorse it because they're fantastic, mm. you know. When I did reach out to brands that I spoke to a lot, I was like, look, we're going to release the product in XYZ and this is what we're doing first. And I just want you to know that if you want a sample of the product, you can have it first. Mm. 
it, I'm never going to sit in front of a camera and say, you only ever need to use this. Skin rocks is the only thing you ever need to use because that's not how I've spoken about skincare mm. my entire working career. So if I started doing it now, people would be like, oh, she's lost it. Right. You know, no, no she's lost it now. We need someone else to go to for advice. Right. And I do genuinely love using other people's product. Mm. I'm the worst person in business. You know, I, obviously my marketing team, their job is to market the product and they would love it if I went on to Insta and did a reel that was just like, why this is the only retinoid you ever need to put on your face again. Sure. They'd be like, yes, we finally got her. And I'm like, I'm never going to do it, guys. Mm. It's not me. No. You know, I'm still CH talking about the brand of Skin Rock. So it's mm. still, it doesn't mean, do I back my product 100%? Of course. Yeah. You know, am I proud of it? Of course. But will I, will it stop me from using everyone else's stuff? No, never. Mm. I just, I love the whole industry too much. Yeah. I want to speak about skincare in general, especially for people who maybe haven't gone into their kind of, skincare era mm-hmm. yet at the beginning of someone's I guess skincare journey if you could call it that what would be the biggest pieces of advice you you'd give to anyone about getting their skincare right buy an SPF don't sleep in your makeup don't smoke if you start there then you're onto a winner especially if you manage to get to like you know your teenagers mm. if you can get them into it and, and a routine mm. doing it religiously like a routine is is key the earlier you start, the less you need as you get older. Mm. Because the signs of sort of aging that most people complain about, pigmentation, wrinkles, you know, sagginess, all that sort of stuff, it's going to happen to us all eventually. You can delay it, the process a lot, though, if you're using SPF, for example. Mm. And so should we all be using SPF every day, whether inside, outside? Yeah, if you want to sort of slow the passage of time, nothing's going to stop you aging. And why should you? you know, we're a pro-aging brand. We don't like to use the term anti-aging. If I use it, I use it in the context of letting people know what I mean, because the industry has made term. it such a relative term. But we're not. We're just, you know, healthy aging is better, like healthy skin. I don't like to use the term normal for sort of a skin that doesn't really have any kind of skin condition. It's safer sort of, I think, and kinder to say balanced. Mm. You know, things like that. We just try and tweak the language a bit. But in terms of a sun factor, the sun is fantastic. I love the sun. But it can and does cause damage, you know. Mm. So I'm not saying you have to slather yourself in a beach SPF when you're going to work in the winter. That's not what I'm saying. But on your face, you can find a really sexy SPF that works well under makeup as well. You're set. For someone who wants to build a skincare routine from scratch, they want to make sure they're covering, I guess, all the bases. Maybe they are my age, so I'm 26. I probably got into skincare properly about two, three years ago, and I found it very difficult to build a routine Mm -hmm. and to know what I needed and to know what ingredients and all of this that I should be avoiding or going towards. What would be your, I guess, advice? Well, I mean, the reason we built the app is to help exactly that customer. There's only one of me. I've worked out that I'd answered since the blog started approximately a quarter of a million questions. That's without shop floor work before the blog. That's just since 2010. And a lot of the questions were very, very repetitive and similar. People are obsessed with pores, pigmentation, and where do I start? Those are kind of the big ones. You know, I I don't know what to do. I walk into a boots or I walk into a space or I look online and I just don't even know what I'm looking at. You know, I know I should wash my face maybe not with a shower gel. And I, my skin feels sore sometimes. That's a kind of an easier place to start. So the app, the whole point of it was you fill your profile out and tell us how much you want to spend and we'll tell you. Or you, you might have 150 products in your that are suitable for you and we'll just do it. It's a match and then you can choose for yourself. You know, It's not me pushing anything. Mm. Brands cannot pay to be selected. It's completely independent. Mm. So 
I had to kind of replicate what I was doing for a bigger audience, and that seemed a sensible way to do it at the time. Sure. But it doesn't stop people asking you questions. No, 4,000 questions a day. But you need to, you know, wash your face nicely at night, use a moisturizer, use an SPF. It's the, a real basic way to start. Mm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And if someone is having, I guess, further problems with their skin, so they're in a position where maybe, you know, maybe they've suddenly started having acne breakouts Mm -hmm. or they have been getting eczema or whatever it might be, where would you, I know there's obviously, I I think there's a shortage of dermatologists in the UK. Um, And they're also expensive. Yeah, absolutely. And they're prohibitively expensive for the majority of people. Where would you recommend that people like that start in terms of building their routine? Yeah, I think you need advice from someone that you trust. So if that turns out to be someone like me online, if it turns out to be that you've downloaded the app, if you've got people that you like to follow on social media, if you like one product from a brand and that brand has counters and you can go in and talk to people there... And then it's because the other side of it, of course, is the professional side of the industry, which is going for a facial and going for a treatment. And I think the industry has changed so much from the old days of, you know, a a facial was for most people was once or twice a year. It was Christmas and birthdays, you know, or summer holidays and birthdays. It was a treat. Whereas now you can really, you know, we can do so much in a clinic that you never really used to be able to do with product and you know, without without a prescription or a dermatologist. Mm. And there is a chronic shortage of derms. The problem with derms, and this is being told to me by derms that I trust and who are, who are consultant derms, like proper top of their game, is that people will do their medical training, specialise in dermatology and immediately leave the NHS and go private because they want to make money, fair play. But I think they I think they have a duty to do at least a couple of years, like, like being in the army, doing a couple of years duty with the NHS to help people because, and especially with COVID, there's still a huge delay in people being seen who have things that aren't considered really important, like mm. acne. But acne is completely debilitating. If mm. you're a young person with acne, it's it can be completely debilitating, you know. But of course, skin cancer had to take priority. Of course. So there is a huge shortage of dermatologists, but there isn't a huge shortage of people who can perform facials and use lasers and do peels and all that sort of stuff. And so I think supporting the professional industry has been the other side of it that kind of came along as a nice, almost like an add-on. It was, wasn't that I hadn't done it before. It's just that I, I really got to the point where I was like, well, go and see so-and-so, go and have a facial, mm. go and, you know, and I don't mean what I would call like a, it sounds terrible, but like a generic cattle market facial, you know, where they're only trained to do one thing and there's a routine and you'll lie down and they'll nice take your eye makeup off and yeah. it's very essential oil happy and it smells nice and you fall asleep. That's nice. I'd rather have a massage. Mm, I don't agree. want a load of product that I don't, I'm not aware of on my face. I'd rather be zapped, nuked, peeled, 
you know, like I want it to do, I want it to hit, I want it to do something. Mm. If I come out of the facial and I'm not pink, then it hasn't been done properly. Not red, not sore, pink and juicy. That's mm. what you want. And how do you tell then where the difference between like what a good treatment to get would be and a not so good treatment or something that so, will the best do nothing? A, a fluffy facial would mm. be probably from a corporate brand they're all the same they only offer like one or they do like ones that coincide with their skincare franchises so it'll be relaxing it'll be for sensitive skin it'll be for problematic skin because i won't be able to use the term acne it's not medical you know uh, so you have to read between the lines where you'll get a better treatment as people who talk openly on especially on places like instagram and show before and afters on people who use machinery if i want if i'm going for a facial i want machinery you know, and I don't mean a steamer. I mean lasers, you know. Um, Arms flying around the place. <laughs> I, I love a good facial massage, don't get me mm. wrong, but it needs to come after I've been zapped. Yeah. And so you're going to get that more from an independent person who isn't really sort of not necessarily aligned with pushing product all the time. And it's not that they do, and these people have to make a living. I don't mean it in a disrespectful fashion, but you will be able to tell by looking at someone on Instagram and word of mouth. You know, if you've got friends who said, oh my God, I've just had this amazing facial. Or if, you know, if you see someone and their skin looks great, say, your skin looks amazing, what are you doing differently? And sometimes they will say, you know, but the biggest problem the industry has is that most people want to keep those things as secrets for themselves. But not you, but the anti-gatekeeper. Can you imagine? It's like, they're like, oh, it's my facialist. Or, yeah. you know, like, oh, it would be like, oh, it's my colorist. You know, it's my manicurist. You know, I don't want to have to wait. She's already manically busy. I, I can't see her for three weeks because she already can't fit people in. If mm. I give her a shout out, I'll never see her. Mm. But that's what you're up against in day-to-day -day life with, with your friends. You know, it's like a, the opposite effect of, you know, in, in sort of customer service experience, for example. If someone has a good, a good experience with a brand, they usually tell like three or four people in passing. If they have a bad one, they tell 20. And it's similar in a way that the people who are doing really brilliant facials and laser and peels and people who I would trust with my face mm. that again there's only one of them mm. you know there's only one of them and they can't replicate it without diluting it mm. so it is harder but there are great facialists out there it is possible to find and when you find them hold on to them yeah and so I'm, I'd, I'd like to go through a few situations because okay. I feel like they're generally <laughs> FAQ type things um, and I know lots of people will listen to this hoping for some answers for them in particular <laughs> for someone who has developed acne for the first time in their life what would you recommend in terms of a course of action whether it is skincare whether it is professionals whatever it might be it depends on if there's quite a few factors it depends on their age uh their lifestyle and what what was the precursor so if it's a young young person like in their teens and they've developed severe acne I would say go to your GP in the UK. Go to your GP. You're lucky if you if you check your local practices. Some GPs literally specialise in in dermatology, so then they're not allowed to call themselves dermatologists because that's a protected term, obviously, as it should be, like a gynaecologist, you know. But they will they they can be GPs with a special interest in dermatology, and they will be able to do most things that a dermatologist could outside of things like lasering and stuff that you would get if you went to a derm clinic if it's hormonal acne in young women for example and it's very clearly once a month you can treat that generally with product it's when it's debilitating to the point of it's affecting their mental health which it does mm. it's scarring 
I would go medical immediately. Mm. If, however, you are, you know, you're just, your skin's going through a shitty phase, go to a facialist, mm. go to a clinic, you know, go and have some laser, go and have some peels, go and get some professional advice. Because, you know, I used to say that the way of differentiating the difference between needing or, you know, wanting to use a really good esthetician, a facialist or a derm is you would go to a facialist to sort of prolong your skin health. Right. And you would, in the UK, certainly you'd go to a derm if you have a real problem. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I see most people behaving. Mm. And it is also how I generally advise people to act, mm. you know, because if I, the first thing I do, if it's, and it's usually a mum will message me and say, my teen is really suffering. The GP has given them antibiotics. We don't know what else to do. The wait is so long for a derm. Because in some areas, you're looking two and a half, three years. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then when they send me a picture, I can immediately say, I, there's either two responses. One is, I would advise that you go to a derm privately and put it on your credit card, which I very rarely say. Right. I don't want people getting into debt. I always say, don't credit card your skincare. But to me, a debilitating skin condition yeah, I've had bad acne and I couldn't is a mental health <laughs> yeah. issue as well you know yeah um or it's people saying you know the doctor has recommended Roaccutane I'm really worried and then I'll see send me a picture and you can just you can tell you can be like do not waste your money on this 600 pounds worth of stuff you've been given from a clinic first of all medical grade is bullshit doesn't exist so stop with that we need to stop with that as an industry because we can sell product without trying to make people think it's better than something else they can get you know on the high street because what you're doing is being elitist and it really annoys me. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. It really annoys right, so. me. <laughs> but I, I mean, I said to someone this week, if this was my child, I would put them on Roaccutane. And I do not say that easily. And I, obviously I say I'm not a doctor. They will have to have the full medical history. But if your derm is already recommending it, I'm assuming, I'd go with yeah. it. If they send me a picture and it's, you know, what my daughter would do when she was sort of 15, I've got acne, but she's got a few hormonal spots around of the course. chin, then I'll recommend product. I'm like, well, ask them how often they're changing their pillowcases. Mm. You know, if they're at uni, it's do they ever change their pillowcase? Who are they snogging and how often? And is it different people? Because that will affect all around here. I don't need to know. I'm just saying ask them. <laughs> I don't want to know your kid's life, but... And it's just strange things like that that a lot of people don't think of. It's, mm. you know, it's kind of all the superfluous stuff that you do too. Are they partying? Do they smoke? Are they eating crap? Because ultimately you could say, of course, and I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist, but I can, you know, I once told someone the direction that they blew the smoke out of their mouth based on their skin when I gave her a facial. I said, how many, how long many years have you been smoking? She went, oh my God, do I smell? I was like, no, not at all. I can tell by your skin. And she was obviously, smokers really don't think you can tell. Do you know if vaping has an effect on your skin? Vaping's worse. Vaping is worse for your skin. Yeah. So this, this woman, I said, do you have quick fag breaks outside work and she was like yes and she you could tell she was like this woman's been stalking me and I said do you do this and she went oh my god <laughs> I said because your center panel is about 15 years older than the side and she was like I'm, I'm never going to smoke again I'm done I was like <laughs> good Caroline. good that's that done then <laughs> but no, you, you can just for me <laughs> you, you can tell you know you can meet smokers who have good skin but it won't you're just oh, why would you do it don't do it mm. you know but yeah vaping is bad what product that you can buy would you recommend for someone with who's currently having acne issues? Well, the first thing I do is say, if it's a mum, I say, what have you already got at home? Because if they follow me, they've probably bought a lot of kits. And I'm all about people not spending money if they don't need to. So I'm like, what have you got at home? Just take a picture of everything. Don't try and list it. Just take a picture. If they're just like, you know, I've only ever used Pons or Olay or there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not going to help your team with their acne. It's usually, okay, 
we're going to start with a gentle cleanser. You don't have to go crazy. And I know you don't want to spend a lot of money. Um, although parents of teens who have problem skin, that's never an issue for them. You know, they might say we have a budget concern. That's different. That's completely different. Bring an acid into the mix, a salicylic acid, a, a, an easy cleanser, a salicylic acid, and a very, very light, usually oil-free moisturizer. And that's kind of where you would start from. If they've already tried that and nothing's working is when I sort of send them off to people. And would you recommend that as well for someone who's, for a non-teen situation? So someone in their mid-20s who's yeah, getting for sure. acne? for sure. Yeah, if, if, I mean, acne is something you're never going to see on packaging mm. because it's a medical term. So you can't make any claims with things like acne, rosacea. They're medical conditions. So half the time it's educating people just on that alone. You know, people go into a Boots or a Superdrug and they're like, I can't find anything for acne. And I'm like, well, you're not going to because they can't legally say it. And it's usually the American brands that get into trouble for doing it. <laughs> but yeah, acids, you know, like peels that will break down the spots, things like that. I've seen a lot online recently about tretinoin. Mm -hmm. Should, and generally people getting it any which way in order to help mm -hmm. their skin. What types of people should be on tretinoin? People with acne. And people who are older, like my age, that have signs of aging, they're not happy with. You don't need to be on TRET when you're in your 20s. Mm. A lot of people will use it, but you don't need to be. Most people, so there's, there's, there's sort of professional services that are much more affordable than a derm like Dermatica and Skin in Me that very cleverly set up almost like an online dermatologist. So you send your pictures in and they'll give you a prescription and you get it monthly and then you have to send in pictures for updates. Now, obviously, this is never going to be a perfect science because a derm is, if you have a real condition, they're going to want to see you in the flesh, you know. So for that reason, they can't, for example, treat younger people. Why would they? That seems very good sense, you know. They will generally recommend certain ingredients for acne, rosacea and pigmentation. They're the big ones. The big ones are sort of pigmentation, especially at this time of year, you know, when the, everyone's been out in the sun. Right. Pigmentation, acne signs of aging, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. it's, you don't need to be on TRET if you're in your mid-20s. I got acne when I was like about 40. And now I know, of course, that it was the onset of perimenopause. Right. I piled on the weight. I got acne, constant brain fog, all that sort of stuff. And I, ha I mean, I fixed it myself, but I had to literally change my products, complete 180. Mm. I'd always use like richer products for drier skin. I had to stop all of it. Mm. Um, it's balanced out now. I'm dry again now, but I'm postmenopausal, mm. So you would expect it. It's for what is a problem for you. And yes, I spend a lot of time telling people, look, your skin is actually fine. You're, you've got a few hormonal mm. spots. It's going to happen. Is it worth you completely changing your skincare for it? Probably not. Mm. You know, some people I say, just buy a good concealer and let it ride itself out, mm. you know. But if it's affecting someone really badly, then yeah, I say, go and, go and see a facialist. Mm. Go and see this facialist. They specialize in laser go to a derm and I recommend derms to people all the time but I can only do that if they live near London you know mm. I don't have a walking directory for the rest of the UK of sadly which yeah. people do shout at me about I'm like I don't know what you want me to do yeah I don't know what you want me to do I can put something on Insta and say does anyone know a brilliant dermatologist but then in? I have to taste and trust their recommendation but you have to trust them yeah <laughs> could exactly. be their mum <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> them being like Mwah. um so then moving on from the acne what would you recommend for someone on a lower budget who needs to tackle acne scarring? It depends how bad the acne scarring is because if it's already gone to the colour of your skin, you are going to have to go and see someone and there isn't a cheap way of doing it. You are going to have to go and have either laser or microneedling. If you've got acne scarring and it's their pink, for example, you can help them heal. And again, you won't find the word heal on packaging because that's a medical term, but you that's essentially what you're trying to do. 
you can do that with things like a tretinoin. You know, you can do that with vitamin A's and retinoids. It's a slower process, but if you get in there early and do it, you can. And acids. Acids and vitamin A's generally are good in that case. It's different if, for example, you fall and bang your head and you've got a scar from a cut, a laceration. Then there are products like there's a brand called Kilocoat, which is almost literally like a coating that you put on that helps the scar heal. That's a very different scar. You know, that's affordable. That's in like a boots. Is it to treat a one-off big scar or are we talking about lots of where you've had breakouts and they've left scarring behind? Then mm. that's different, yeah. And should everyone be on a retinoid? No. Although there are a lot of derms, especially American derms, who would say yes. Mm. But if you're happy with your skin and you've got a good skin, why would you try and speed up the renewal process? Because that's essentially what it does. It speeds up the renewal process. So if your skin is already renewing in the right way, you've got you good shouldn't skin, be... Leave it. Just take care of it. Use an SPF. You know, have a little bit of an intervention if you get a breakout or things like that, or if you've got a bit of sensitivity or you have a reaction to things, you know, people have allergies and things like that, then by all means treat it then. But you don't need to immediately go down the road of a vitamin A. It's a fantastic ingredient, don't get me wrong. But, you know, if you're in your 30s, 40s, 40s for sure, 30s, I would still say it depends on your life, your lifestyle and that kind of thing. But equally, you're pushing against people who sometimes just want to. And that's what I've learned to just go, if you want to, knock yourself out, Shazza. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. I want to speak a little bit about medical grade products. And I know that you say that that is a load of shite. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yeah. Could you explain that? Because I've definitely had a lot of medical grade yeah. stuff thrown my way. So essentially in the UK in particular, there is over-the-counter products. So stuff that you can buy from Boots, from Space NK, from... John Lewis, anywhere online, you know, and all the brands that you could think of, everything from an Estee Lauder to a Beauty Pie to a Skin Rocks to a, you know, The Ordinary, mm. anything like that is just a normal, it's called a cosmetic. It's a cosmetic product legally. And then you've got prescription meds, which you would get from a derm, you know, tretinoin, uh, certain types of blends of antibiotic creams and azelaic acids that are stronger and things like that. And then in between, you've got Dr. Derm Office, sometimes with an esthetician, like a facialist on the side, and they've got a wall full of product. Sometimes they put it behind a glass case and say that you can only have that with our advice. But actually, you can. You don't. It's just that that's how they decide to market their brand. So mm. calling it medical grade, because the claims they make, they're the only ones who did clinical trials. That's not true. I clinically trialed my cleanser. I do clinical trial and everything. Yeah, <laughs> So, you I'll know, your dog. yeah. And why, why more brands in the open sort of market don't do it? I don't know because it's not extortionate. It's costly, of course, but it's not extortionate. There's no excuse for brands not to do it, you know? So, uh, that the products penetrate deeper. It's not true. You know, to go past a certain point, you need a needle. And unless you're going to inject that moisturizer into your face with a needle, which I don't advise, which I don't advise and you can't do, then that's also not the case. What you will get in that situation is a cohesive routine, mm. but it'll cost you more money sure. and you're not guaranteed a result. Mm. So if it's, if it's medical grade, there's no legal context for it. It's marketing. And it annoys me because I want to wholly support the professional industry of facialists. But when they start towing that line of this is medical grade, we put in. Now, obviously, there is going to be more active. I would hope <laughs> there are going to be more active ingredients and a higher percentage of ingredients mm. in something that you would buy from a professional than the ordinary. That's true. 
but the ordinary is five pounds and you're going to try and sell someone something that's 150. Right. The difference has to be astronomical to my mind for me to say, yes, I would buy this. Mm. You know, so there are certain brands that choose to sell only in professional outlets. That's absolutely your choice. But let's not bullshit people and tell them it's because Boots wouldn't be able to sell it. Right. So it's exclusive rather than legally restricted. Oh, yeah. That's so interesting. And elitist. I never knew it's elitist. That. Yeah, no, absolutely. And but really that, annoying. Yeah. I. But that doesn't include things like Skin and Me. No, Skin and Me is a prescription. Right, okay. And Dermatica, the same business model, is a prescription. Yeah. So if you, if you need a prescription for it, it's a drug. Everything else on the market, everything else is a cosmetic. Everything else. Yeah. That's so interesting. Before we end, I would like to know from you... Five products. Oh, God. Specifically, your desert island skincare products. A cleansing balm. My sort of standard go-to has been Emma Hardy for years. Emma Hardy Moringa Cleansing Balm. I've used it for years. There are other brilliant balms on the market. I could name 20. But top of my head, that would be the one most people who followed me for years would go, she's going to say Emma Hardy. Acid. Well, my favourite acid is P50 by Biologique Recherche the 1970 version, which you can't even buy in the EU anymore because it's too strong. That's why I like it. Perfect. Your face tingles, burns, and then goes bright red, but the next day your skin looks like you've had a head full of Botox. Off I go to the internet. Yeah, you won't get it. It's Off I go to America. Yeah, you have to go to New York. (laughs) Yeah. So I've got that on tap, but I wouldn't use it every day. You know, it's too much, but it's a fantastic... It's just because it was innovative, you know, and I trained in biology research 20 years ago. And it was uh, just a really good education. Retinoid, I'll use my Skin Rocks Retinoid too, just because if I don't say something by my own brand, my team will kill me. And it's also great. It's a fantastic retinoid, yeah. let's be honest. Moisturiser, um, only because I'm not going to sit here like those people who go, oh, I only use my own product. I hate that. Uh, Kate Somerville, Peptide Kate, but you don't need that, you're 26. I need it. I am more than double your age, kill me now. I should say SPF, but I'm on a desert island and I can't get off, I don't give a shit anyway. If it was SPF, it'd be like, I like ultraviolet, supreme screen. But if I could drop SPF because I'm, you know, don't get me wrong. No one really wants to use an SPF every day. Right. It's It's a drag. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You know, it, but you, it's almost like putting on knickers. Mm. If you want to go commando every day, knock yourself out. I don't mm. know many women who do, but knock yourself out. Mm. Eye cream. Autocorrect Sunday Riley. I don't work with any of those brands. None of them endorse me to say this. Now they're all going to make a pretty penny. That's fine. Yeah, perfect. Just send it to me for free. P50, Autocorrect, Deep Tissue Repair and Retinoid 2 would probably sort me out if I was like, okay, you have to do this. If that's like my version of like Table Manor's Desert Island Meal. Great. What about you? Oh, God. Aha, the coin turns. (laughs) Shit. How the tables have turned. Okay. So there would have to be my skin and me daily doser in there. Yep. It sounds like an ad. Genuinely What's in your prescription? Life. Do you know? Tretinoin. Um, Azaleic or niacinamide or something. Yeah. yeah. And niacinamide, nice. I think. Great. You should work nice. for them. 
10 out of 10. You've done my prescription in one. So that would definitely be in there because nothing has ever affected my skin more. Your moisturizer, not just because I'm sitting opposite you, it's but it's really, really, really good. Do you good. use fragrance free or fragranced? Uh, fragrance free. Um, I am a bit, in general, I'm weird about fragrances mm-hmm. anyway. Like I'm allergic to some fruits and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just find it mm-hmm. best to avoid. And also, if you've had skin problems, sometimes yeah. it's easier just to not wager it. You know, I, do, I might as well not. Um, so that I also find that. W- Weirdly, with a lot of even sensitive skin moisturizers, I, after I've used my daily doser because it's got actives in it, I find it tingles and yours doesn't, um, which is great. Um, Why? Why? Because I didn't pump it full of hyaluronic acid because hyaluronic acid can be really, Is that what it is? Yeah, you want glycerin, not hyaluronic acid. Interesting. Then on the SPF, and I am like an SPF like Jehovah's Witness like yeah. I really I love, believe I do very love strongly SPF. in SPF um and also I think it's probably because it's something that I have actually done right for quite a few years yeah. and I like to you know you can that, tell that's 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 good for my <laughs> ego generally to have been right in it so um SPF there's a few that I like I probably would always go back to the La Roche-Posay one I, th- I like it I do think it's a little bit overhyped really mm. I think it's just like it works but it well is under very makeup. light it is very give it its due La Roche-Posay do amazing innovation in science. Yeah. They really do. It's more my skin type. Right. I need a bit more. I need a bit more butter on the bread. Yeah. So I really like, <laughs> I also got the Body Shop one gifted one. Fantastic. The 50 plus 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 Fantastic. re that multiple times. Yeah. And they've reformulated it. They just sent it out last week. It is really good. Interesting. Off really I go good. again. Yeah. God, my basket's going to be heavy after this. Then I know my fourth and fifth. Quarterly. Um, Vino Perfect, mm-hmm. the serum. Mm-hmm. Is it Vino Perfect, the mm-hmm. serum? Yeah. That, so I only for ages used cleanser, moisturizer, and just my daily doser in the evening. Nothing, just mm-hmm. cleanser and moisturizer and SPF in the morning. Then I introduced the Vino Perfect skin texture. Amazing. Number five is another quarterly and it's the Vino Pure, the cleanser. Mm-hmm. Switch to that and made worlds of different for my skin. So I've, that's now my perfect, like, Capsule, that specific routine, those nice. are the ones I repeat. Well, I'm in very night. good company. I'm thrilled. Honestly, you could tell me anything quarterly at the moment. And so if anyone's watching this and you know it's not my birthday or Christmas coming up, but I'm I do sure like I can this. hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that is a perfect place to end. Thank you so much. I've learned so much. I've also lost so much money based on the fact that I will be going Sorry. straight. I can to always the shop. do cheaper alternatives. I can always do a cheaper alternative. No, no, as I've said, I prefer to spend more. It makes me feel okay, more good. effective. Thank you okay. so much. Um, no, but you've been absolutely amazing. You have taught me a lot. I feel like the people have learnt a lot from this. Thank you. You are such a breath of fresh air in an industry that is amazing in lots of ways, but also can be very confusing and complex and just require hours and hours of research to actually get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you do not make it difficult for me. Um, hence why I have all your products. And um, I think you're great. Thank you so much for having me. 